welcome to the MetalCast, powered by Soul Performance Academy. I am your host, Dan Mickle, and I am glad that you decided to click play today as we kick off our fourth season of this podcast. I know we are delayed. I wanted to have this out back in February, but life happens. I suck. And yeah, but we're on track now to kick off season four. And just for some transparency, this was not the episode that I was planning on kicking things off with, but I was convinced by my brain trust of my good friends Pete and Brian about a different topic, and I kind of went with it. And for even more transparency, this is not the first time I've recorded this episode. I did a wonderful episode a few days ago and realized I forgot to hit record. So, this is the second act of this podcast. I hope it's as good as the first, but I think we'll be all right. Before we begin this episode, I just want to remind you how you can get a hold of us. Podcast at 717soul.com. You can reach out to us across all social media accounts at 717soul. And you can use the hashtag Ask717soul to reach us with any questions, comments, concerns, fan mail. And of course, it would mean a lot to me if you would subscribe and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to us, because that helps us with exposure and getting more out there and gives me meaning to my life. Season four, episode one, Say Goodbye. And the reason this topic comes up is a recent posting in one of our common groups that Pete, Brian, and I are in about a coach leaving the coaching field because the writing was quote unquote on the wall and he knew it was his time. So I wanted to do an episode kind of on saying goodbye. When is the right time to say goodbye? How do you know it's time to say goodbye? And as my father-in-law says... Leave while you're still having fun. And I think there is a few things that we have to look at before we actually get into the meat and potatoes of this discussion. And really is, when is it a good time to say goodbye and walk away? And there's a lot of things that you have to consider. One of the top things is, you know, what is your actual role? Are you a paid coach or in a paid position or are you a volunteer Are you full-time? Are you part-time? All those things play into it, right? If you are a full-time coach and this is how you put food on your table and support your family, choosing when and how to walk away might be a little bit different than the volunteer coach or even the paid part-time coach, the club coach. So you really have to sit down and look at how will your life be affected by walking away in the sense, maybe financially and not, not, you know, mentally or, you know, philosophically, but actually looking at the financial aspects of it. Also, we need to look at what ties do you have to the program that you're at, that you're coaching at? You know, are you maybe an alumni or did you start coaching there because your kids go there and they needed to coach? 
Uh, are you a former assistant? Did you, you know, were you a, a assistant coach under your previous coach and you took over when they left? All those things are also important because that has to figure into it, right? Because there might be some kind of bond there and you want to be careful about walking away and how that might affect that relationship or how it might affect how you're viewed upon or your history is viewed upon from that organization. And next, I think you need to kind of look at your re- reflection on your career, you know, what's causing you to even consider the walking away? Is it the players? Is it the administration? Is it the sport as a whole? Are you burned out as a coach? But I think a lot of times when we walk away, we pick one instance. You know, there's that that one match that lights the whole bonfire of leaving. And we have to look at, is that really what it is? Or was there just more stuff building and there was this undercurrent and this is finally what's pushing you to walk away? And I think too many times we walk away very quickly, which is fine. I'm not saying not to walk away, but we never actually take the time to reflect. And we need to really take that deep dive into why you want to walk away. Because without that reflection, it could make future decisions a little bit more complicated, right? You leave a coaching job or you leave a position to go somewhere else. And when you get to the new place, things aren't any better because you thought it was problem A that was driving you out, but it was really a bunch of other little problems or maybe even a completely bigger problem that you just avoided. And it follows you to the new place because you didn't really take time to reflect and decide about, you know, why it was time for you to walk away. When I was discussing the concept of the show with another Brian, He brought up this great blog post that he read earlier, ironically, sort of about the same topic. Now, the blog post that he sent me dealt really with the volunteer side of doing things, but I think it all pertains to even paid positions. And that blog post is The Five Signs It's Time to Quit Your Volunteer Role by Cynthia Lockery. And I don't want to steal her concept or her blog post. Um, her The link to the, the blog post is in the show notes. And you can also find it on howtocommunications.com. That's howtocommunications with an S.com. And you can search five, five signs it's time to quit your volunteer role for that article. But in the article, she talks about five things that often lead to someone quitting or leaving their volunteer role. And again, I I think it's worth visiting because I think these work for everything, not just volunteerism, whether you're a full-time coach, part-time coach, you know, it's a side gig, you're doing it for your kids, you're doing it for the money. I think these five things really kind of hit it. So number one is misalignment. And I think what she means by misalignment is, are your beliefs as a coach or a manager, it doesn't even really have to be in the, in just the athletic world or the coaching world, but a leader, do your beliefs and values and your goals no longer line up with that of the organization or the group that you're part of? So are you constantly maybe fighting with where you want to go and how you're doing things within the organization that you're a part of? Number two is Obligation versus passion. 
Are you now feeling like you're obligated in that role? Maybe it started out as a passion. This is something that you really wanted to do. And then as time happens to roll on and things change, it's no longer a passion for you. It's more about you feel obligated. You feel like you have to go out and do this job or you have to go out and coach because it's expected of you, not because you want to do it. So there's been this shift between your obligation and your passion. Number three is tokenism. And this can be a lot of things, but typically we think about this when we think about minority hires or minority coaches, but it can also be because you're alumni or because you are a parent of a player. Have you been tabbed in this position or you know, as a coach because of what you bring, not so much just your coaching? Do you check off a box somewhere that helps your program look more diverse or helps the recruiting process because you're there? And it's not so much about what else you bring as a coach, you know, on the court, on the field, in the classroom, you know, whatever your your job or your position is. It's more about just you being there because of your background and not your abilities. So that's number three. Number four is respect. Are you still getting the respect from not only the team, but maybe your peers, your coworkers, your administration, people you're involved with, the parents, the community? Are you still able to garner respect, demand respect, get respect, gain respect? You know, what level is going on with you and respect? And it may not be just with the team and the players. It could be with the community and other stakeholders. And then five is your scope of impact. How much impact does your position actually have on the community that you're trying to serve? I guess really that's just a nice way of saying, if you weren't here, would anyone notice? Is what you're doing having any impact, no matter how small or how big, that's up to you to decide how much that matters to you. But there has to be some scope or level of impact, right? There has to be a purpose and reason that you're doing that. So when I was planning this and kind of going through my head how I was, you know, wanted to present this. It became really evident to me that I've lived this cycle recently. And this part that I'm going to talk about, it's it's really not to throw shade. It's not anger. It's not disappointment. It's not hate. But it's really to tell the story in a, in a real life sense um, and what I went through. Because I recently left an organization that I've been part of for a while. Um from from the coaching side and then into the administration side of it. And I had the nagging feeling for a while that I wanted to leave, but I just never, it was uncomfortable to think about. So I never really did that deep dive on why I was feeling that way. And right before the pandemic hit, I decided it was time for me to say goodbye. It was time for me to move on. I ended up staying on a little bit longer 
because I didn't want to transition in the middle of everything that was going on with the pandemic. But what that did do for me was give me a chance to really just reflect on it, knowing that I officially said that I'm leaving and had a, an approximate you know, time. It wasn't like the exact day and time was going to be known. For whatever reason, it kind of reversed the process for me because, you know, normally you think you would do that um, deep dive before you decide to say goodbye. But I ended up doing that deep dive a little bit after I decided to say goodbye. And when I start to read and go through what Cynthia Lockery wrote in her blog post in those five areas, man, it, it really came to light about what was going on because I really did hit all five of those in a bad way. I just never took the time to realize it. You know, the first one, misalignment, I realized that my goals, my process, my vision for the organization was not that of the other stakeholders. That how I thought things should be run, and we're not talking about basic things like how teams operate or how you pick teams or what events you go to. I mean the overall general philosophy, mission statement, vision statement, <clears throat> what I wanted people to think of when they heard the name of the group, things like that, was in complete misalignment with most of the other stakeholders. And, and that has more that morphed over time. I realized that a lot of people that I felt were on the same page had left. And I really started to feel like I was out on an island with my beliefs. So that's the first one. We check off that box. I felt misaligned. The second one was obligation versus passion. And again, when I started with this organization, it was a passion. I was coaching. I was into the concepts. I enjoyed the teams. I liked what we were doing as an organization. But over time, and when I became more of an administrator and less of a coach, it became evident that I was now there out of an obligation. I've, I know what's going on. I know how to do parts of the job. I know how to help run things. I was a coach, so I kind of understand those roles. But it did not feel like a passion. I felt like I was doing it because I didn't want the organization to go away. I wanted it to stick around. I owed it to the people before me. But none of it was ever passion once I transitioned more into administration. And so that was point two, obligation and passion. It, it now felt like an obligation. Number three was a little interesting because at first tokenism, I was like, nah, not really. Like this is the one that I can kind of skate on. And, and even when I recorded this the first time and forgot to hit record, I was still on the fence, but since then I had a lot of time to sit back and think about it and really contemplate, was there a point where I transitioned in, in it and I was, you know, it was tokenism. And there was, there was a point when my prior accomplishes 
accomplishments and what I was doing outside of the organization felt more like marketing and helping draw people in than actually being respected and used within the organization. If that makes sense. So I felt like my resume is what was helping sell, but then it wasn't any use once we were in motion. And, and that kind of, and, and that's point three tokenism, but that bleeds into point four, which is respect. And for me, I think this was just, for me, this was the final one. This is what made my decision easier was I just felt like I was not given any respect. I'm not saying I want to walk in and demand respect, but I felt like my visions, my ideas, my thoughts, what I thought we should do didn't garner respect from most of the other people in the organization. And honestly, that really hurt because they're all good people. I love them all, but I felt like I didn't bring any value to them. I felt like it even got to the point where I felt like they weren't even listening to my ideas before when, when I started to have these feelings, I thought like they were listening, but just ignoring them. And then it just felt like they were just completely ignoring me. And I felt disrespected. Now, whether that was intentional or they sensed it, I, I, I don't know. And again, I'm not throwing shade. It's just how I felt. And regardless of what someone says they meant to do or how they were doing it, it doesn't change how I perceive it and how I take it. And that's how I felt. I felt disrespected. At every level in the organization. I just felt like what I said, did, or suggested was never weighed as a viable option. It was just glossed over and passed over. And it hurt a lot. And it still hurts a lot. There's still feelings I have there that are, that hurt because I feel like I could have given value to a lot of people in a lot of different areas but they couldn't be bothered with my phone calls, my texts, my emails. Like it didn't matter to them. And that to this day still hurts from a lot of them, but it is what it is. Again, I don't think they set out to do it. It's just, that's how things morphed. And then lastly, when I look at it, it's like, Oh yeah, right. Scope of impact, right? Number five on her list. I absolutely felt like I had no scope of impact on anyone in the organization, including the players and the parents. Nothing I did really impacted them for the good or the bad. And that's the point where you guys sit there and say, why, why am I doing it? Like, it's certainly, we're not getting rich off of any of this. I'm not advancing any of my careers or what I want to do in life off of it. And if I'm having no impact on 
anyone, why am I doing it? So that's what led me to the, the final part that we'll wrap up the podcast with is, so now what? So you're ready to say goodbye. What do you do? And I think the first step is you have to evaluate if change is even possible. Before you say goodbye, can you look and see what could be changed and can it make better? Can you change how you're doing things? Are you maybe to talk or educate others and change how they're doing things to make things better? Or make them more aligned with your beliefs or your vision? Is that possible? Typically, when you get to the point where you're ready to say goodbye, it's not possible. And that's why you're ready to say goodbye. But you at least need to give it the the chance or the option to evaluate if change is possible. The second part is, and this is the big one, and we kind of talked about this before, about taking the deep dive is, is it the job or is it the environment? Or it could be a mixture of both. But what's making you say goodbye? The actual job, what you're doing, or the environment that you're doing it in. Because this leads to the problem where you say goodbye and go somewhere else and have the exact same problems elsewhere. Because you actually didn't take the time to sit down and look at what the problems were and just assumed that they would all go away. Once you moved on to a different organization. You want to look at training you versus training them. Is this something that you can train them on and work on? Is this something that you can train and work on? Are you willing to put the time in to change your attitudes or how you look at things to get on board with them? Can you change your philosophies, your visions to be more on board and maybe be happy where you're at? Or is it too much work or it's just not going to happen? You're too far apart and it's time to say goodbye. And for me, that's the list that I went through. You know, for a few years, I had the feeling that it was time to say goodbye, but I just could never pull the trigger on it. And it was finally the point where I sat down and started to look at these three things. Is it possible to change the environment of this organization? And not push people away from their vision or values. But is it possible to come to some sort of middle ground? And is it the position I was in? Or was it the environment that I was in that wanted me to walk away? And in my case, it was a little bit of both. But it was certainly more of the environment than it was of the job. And then I looked at, is there anything that I can do? Can I learn more? Can I get more certifications? Can I take more classes? Or could we send other people in the organization for training or get them learning on some things that maybe we could all come together? And it was evident that that was not going to be an option on both sides. 
I was already deep into my education and continuing my education outside the organization and other organizations that I was working with at a time. But there was no real sign of commitment from the rest of the organization that they might want to work or, or change. They were, they were okay with the status quo. And again, that's fine. I get all of it. Other than the respect part, that's the only part that really hurt. I'm okay with things getting misaligned and not having the same vision and separating. But what I knew is something had to be done because I couldn't continue on. And absolutely, there's parts that I miss, that I knew I would miss. But those no longer outweighed the stress and the other internal conflicts and feeling that I was having. And it really was time for me to say goodbye. And just like anything else, there's times that you second guess it. But I'm okay with it. They're okay with it. Everyone's okay with it. And it's probably for the better for them. It's probably the better for me. What I'm glad is, even though it hurt and there were some issues there, it didn't jade me from the whole segment, from the whole community that we were a part of. It could have, and it was getting close. But like the original person that posted the message in the group said, the writing was on the wall and it was time. And as more time passes, the more it's evident that it was the right decision. So time, sometimes we just have to say goodbye for the better, for the better of the organization and for the better of us, the betterment of our family. And hopefully it ends up, you know, working in the long run for everyone. So there you have it. The kickoff of season four, this sort of depressing topic, but it's such a big topic that we have to talk because it happens all the time. It's happening across all levels of sports, youth coaching, college coaching, high school coaching, professional coaching. People are saying goodbye before they're being forced out. And it's not always a bad thing. As long as we sit down and really think about why, so that we don't try to find something that's, you know, in the greener grass on the other side, and it turns out to being the exact same thing. Well, again, welcome to season four of The Mental Cast, powered by Soul Performance County. I'm glad you took the time to listen please reach out to us podcast at 717soul.com across all social media. 717soul is our social media platforms. Ask 717soul is our hashtag. And you can always reach out to me directly, dan at danmickle.com, or you can check out my website, 
at danmickle.com. And please, please make sure that you check out the wonderful things we offer with Soul Performance Academy, soulperformanceacademy.com, mental skills training, leadership training, team training, mindfulness training, a lot of great stuff going on over there in person, online, self-paced, tons of options. So again, until next time, and don't worry, we do have a full slate of at least 12 episodes this season. We will start pumping them out. But thank you so much for tuning in to this season four kickoff episode. Say goodbye. Feel free to comment, post, share, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Let's have some conversations this season about some of these great topics. And I would love to hear about some of your say goodbye moments and thoughts. Peace, love, don't suck. See you next episode.